Welcome to episode 24 here at Risen Fly Fishing. We know the three people out there that are listening wanted to hear another one, so we decided to put one together. My name's Ryan. I'm the owner, CEO, president, all of the hats I wear here at Risen Fly Fishing. But we do have some other great employees here now as well. Shout out to Dirk and Adam, as well as Mitch and Chris that help us out part-time as well, too. So today in episode 24, we're going to talk about early season hatches. What can you guys expect? What should be popping on your local rivers here in the next couple weeks, couple months, and how do I get ready for them? So before we go any further, make sure you check us out on our website at www.risenfly.com. You can also check all of our social media accounts out. We've got our Instagram account. We've been putting a lot of uh, posts and information out on here in the last month or so, as well as Facebook Twitter, and then YouTube. We've been putting out a lot of YouTube videos as well, tying videos, instructional videos. So check that out. Subscribe there. So without further ado, let's talk about these early season hatches, what you guys can expect, what you need to have in your boxes, and how to go about uh, targeting some of these hatches. So early season here, we're talking western Pennsylvania where I am, throughout the state of Pennsylvania, as well as some of the other eastern states. Out west, it's going to be a little different because you guys have a little bit of a snowpack. I've seen, I'm laughing because I've seen some pictures of California where they've got like literally 20 feet of snow out there. Might be a little while until you start seeing some hatches after the uh, the, the melt-off and runoff from there in, uh, in the next couple months. So, Locally, we've actually already started to see some of our early spring hatches. Some of the earliest hatches that we're going to see in late February into March, we're going to see some blue-winged olives. There can be some quite prolific blue-winged olives here that will range in size from the biggest you might see is about a 16, smallest 20. Um, and you want to make sure that you have a full plethora of um, flies through the life cycle there. So... I prefer on those blue wings. I fish a few nymphs here and there, but try to swing some wet flies as well in those patterns. We've got um, some good emergers and wet, pat and wet fly patterns that will work great on our website, but you can tie up some as well if you're a tire, and we have hooks and beads for all that stuff too. And then your dry flies, you want your typical dry flies, your hackle dry flies, your emerging dry flies with CDC or snowshoe hair, and then make sure that you have some spinners because those spinners are going to come back. Um, and you want to make sure you hit that spinner fall because it can be the best part of the day. So uh, blueing olives in our area and most areas are a dreary day hatch. They're going to hatch a lot of days, but those overcast, dark gray days, for some reason, these bugs love. So if you're out there looking for a hatch, those bright sunny days, you might not see them. Check out the radar and everything else. You don't want a pounding wind and rainstorm, but an overcast blue-gray day uh, might be your best ticket for those blue-winged olives. The next one that you're going to see early in the season, and I've been seeing them already for about two weeks, give or take, is the early black stonefly. Very thin, smaller in terms of stonefly uh, species out there. So they're going to range in size from maybe as big as a 14 down to an 18. Um, I see them walking the banks. So these stonefly species, uh, whether they're the big ones out west or some of the smaller ones that we're seeing early in the season here, are uh, crawlers. So they're not going to hatch in the water column like you see your caddis and your mayflies typically do. They're going to go to the banks to be able to hatch. So you're going to see some of your uh, dry fly and your best dry fly hits on the banks, not in the center of the river or stream system too. So if you flip some rocks 
and you check uh, local rocks up against the creek or bridges or rock walls, you're probably going to see some little black stone flies, or we call them snow flies occasionally. Um, I like to tie basically an elk hair caddis. I don't like to keep them bulky, so I will um, keep the, um, the palmer hackle out of that fly. And you can use black elk hair, but I actually like to use black bear because it keeps it a little bit thinner and it doesn't splay out as much as the elk hair does. So it's not as hollow of a um, material like the elk hair and it'll keep a thin back, but look very similar to your elk hair caddis. So little tip on that too. And then go ahead and fish those nymphs too. Once again, you'll see active nymphs in the middle of the uh, of the of the stream overall that you're fishing, but more towards the edges, these bugs are going to be a little bit more active. So you can fish weighted patterns, get them all the way down. Like I said, these are rock crawlers, so they're going to be crawling along the rocks on the edges of the streams, and that's where you're going to find your most success. Uh, you can try a dry dropper, but typically I like to fish them independently. If you are fishing dries on both the blue-winged olive or this uh, early black stonefly hatch, I prefer a furl leader. We just had a guy, a younger guy, who's just been getting into fly fishing in the shop in the last couple years, and he's like, I just don't know how to fish dry flies. So we set him up with a furl leader, told him where to go. We've got some active fish in a lake that are kind of coming up um, into the stream at the top end of the lake, sipping some dry flies. And he went out and caught like three in the first hour that he was there and he was ecstatic and reached back out to us and said that furled leader made all the difference. So shout out to furled leaders out there. We have a few on our website. There's a couple other great companies out there that sell them as well. Western PA shout out to Clearstream Fly Fishing. Kevin does a great job there of tying a ton of different furl leaders, different materials, different lengths, different colors. But once again, we have some as well. The big difference with the furl leader is next to no memory. So you've got um, your typical mono leaders that are going to hold memory from being on the reel and then um, just have a little bit more stiffness throughout the body of them uh, to cause some drag. And the furl leader is a little bit more supple and doesn't have that memory. And I like to treat it with any sort of gel floatant. And then I think the last time I talked about uh, high and dry floatants, that they've got a new paste coming out. I've got a sample of it here in the shop already. And then I think they're planning on bringing that out here in the next probably two to three months for sale to the general public. I talked to them at the Lancaster show, and there's some great guys working there building a great company. So check out their full line of products. So yeah, you need this furled leader that ranges, you know, cup, you know, four to six feet in length typically. And then you've got a tippet ring on the end of it and throw your couple feet of tippet on the end, throw your dry fly on. It'll really improve both your casting and your drifting with your dry flies. So those, those are the two bigger hatches in terms of early, early season. Once we get into a couple more weeks down the road from here, we're in mid-March already. Um, <clears throat> we just saw snowfall today. We've only had two or three of them the whole winter. So I thought it was going to um, make our hatches a little early, but we'll see what happens. So the big hatch that most people are going to see coming up in the next few weeks and then another big one starting after that, um, the next one in the lineup is your Hendrickson's. So you're going to see some Hendrickson's uh, as a good quality water mayfly. You're not going to see them everywhere, um, but you'll see them on a good number of streams across the country and especially here in the east. And those are a fly that is going to come out late March, early April. 
and those will last a couple of weeks. So once again, have a couple nymph patterns, but definitely have your dry fly patterns, a few different shades and colors as the um, as you want to make sure that you match. They're a little bit different on different waterways too. So usually a brown or a rusty brown color will match most of your Hendrickson's out there. That's going to last, like I said, a couple weeks. And then the big hatch that a lot of people look forward to soon after that is your granum caddis. So the granum caddis on a handful of streams here in the western side of the state, we get them on Neshanic Creek, Slippery Rock, Oil, um, towards the center part of the state, the Little Juniata is one of the most prolific granum hatches that we have. We also see some on Spring Creek and I think a little bit on Pens, but not as much as some of those other big um, limestone streams. They're definitely all over the state, but those are some of the bigger names that we see here in Pennsylvania in terms of creeks. Um, I love fishing caddis hatches and especially ones like this that have so many bugs it looks like it's snowing outside um, because the fish become very active and these bugs are a little bit clumsy so you can get away with either a bad drift or what i prefer is a skittering caddis so early early on when the pupas are becoming a little bit more active i like swinging wet flies my favorite for this hatch is a partridge and peacock so very simple wet fly where you just have a peacock body, throw a little bit of weight in there or bead if you want to, or fish them unweighted, and then just a wrap and a half, two wraps of partridge around it. I'm going to fish that fish that exact same fly with two or three in tandem, throw them quartering downstream, and swing them through the current, and then even keeping them directly downstream for you for four or five seconds, because I get a lot of hits when they're just dragging in the current like that before I'm recasting. So I'll fish that very early. Um, the nice thing about these granum caddis is that the hatch time frame is like late morning. We'll start to see active bugs and, and bugs may be moving into the hatch stage, but definitely pupa um, activity at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. And then you're going to see most of your dry fly action within the next couple hours after that. So in terms of dry flies, I use um, some sort of emergent caddis. So I really like... A, um, we have a sedge hammer fly here. It's basically like a nymph dubbing on an emerger hook and then either CDC or elk hair on the top. So you've got uh, the caddis pupa uh, sinking underneath and then the, um, the molt coming into the wings on the top. I know some of these caddis will actually do that in the middle of the water column, but a lot of times their wings aren't dry enough and they're kind of in that either film or just on the top of the surface. So that emergent... Um, caddis pattern can work wonders early early on there and then my favorite part is later on when they are hatching they're coming through there and then they're coming back and laying eggs so you're going to see them dap on the water not that type of dap the dap is in when they're actually just kind of jumping from one place to the next dropping eggs um, I'm making hand motions here, but this is a podcast, so you can't see me. But anyways, you're going to see them kind of jumping from one spot to the next. So the technique that I use, and it's my favorite to fish on any hatch throughout the entire season, um, and I like it that it's early on, so it kind of gets me uh, gets me moving into the trout season early in the season with this, is I will do just like I'm doing for my wet flies. I'm going to cast in a quartering downstream to the opposite bank, and then you can just swing them dead drifting like you would a um, either a streamer or, or tandem wet flies like we did earlier in the hatch. 
But now that we're fishing dries, I'm going to fish a dry fly and then a grease leader. I want as much of my rig on top of the water. I don't want anything sinking. And then as we're swinging that, you're going to take the tip of your rod and you're going to wiggle it side to side, not up and down side to side. So we're going to swing it as it's going across the water surface. And as we're wiggling it, it's going to give that real erratic motion to the fly on the water. This is a little bit more of an advanced technique out there, but when you look at these bugs as they're kind of dropping eggs and skittering across the water, this is a great imitator of it. My opinion, the best part of this is you get super aggressive takes. I've had fish many, many times come completely out of the water chasing after these bugs, and especially my fly as it's skittering across. The downside is it's a very erratic motion and you miss a lot of fish. So your hookup ratio on this compared to a sipping uh, fish sitting in a run off of dead drifted mayflies or a spinner pattern on uh, after the spinner fall happens, you're going to miss a lot more fish on this. But for me, it's worth it that my catch ratio goes down, but my excitement ratio goes up in terms of having these super aggressive fish launching themselves at these bugs because they're just not a steady mayfly that's floating down the water and they're, uh, they're coming up and sipping them. So they're going to be pretty aggressive. It's an absolute ball. So if you have any sort of early caddis, we've got some teen caddis, but these granum caddis can be by the tens of thousands on some of these creeks, if not millions in some of them. Um, and it can be quite an amazing hatch to make sure that you go out there early season and go after them. So check out your local shops. Um, we try to do as best as we can at getting hatch reports out there for all of our local waters. So check out your local shops, ask them if they have an early caddis hatch that goes on. Like I said, typically for us, it's in that first to third week of April, but it might be different for you depending on where you are and go out there, get your elk hair caddis in a rough, size and color of what you think it is because these caddis are moving a little bit more i don't think it matters as much so if you're off a little bit on your shade of color or you're off a little bit on um the size it might not matter that much as it does on some of these other bugs that are hatching out there so uh if you are looking for some early season bug activity look at those four different bugs that we mentioned here today that will cover you as this podcast is going to come out here um, in the second week in march that's probably going to cover you for a solid month looking into the future of hatches and if you're looking for any of these patterns that we talked about the vast majority of those are available on our website so you can check those out we've got flies starting as little as 99 cents a piece or 550 for a half a dozen with a little bit of a discount there and we've got a wide range and i actually have let me think about it here about eighty thousand flies on order right now that should be showing up here in the next two to four weeks too so um, we're going to fill back in some of the things that we're lighting stock on and then we've got some new fun patterns coming out as well so keep an eye out we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode thank you guys for sticking around we appreciate it if you haven't already subscribed so that you know when i bring out another podcast we're going to start doing some other fun stuff as well um, having some other guys in the shop doing some podcasts check out adam he has his own it's called journey on the fly and you can listen to him as well he'll do some things on ours here in the future too and maybe we'll get dirk to do a few as well and then we want to interview some local 
fishermen and maybe have some other people on here so that you don't just listen to me all the time but as i'm rambling towards the end thank you guys for listening we hope you guys enjoyed it if you have any questions or comments leave them here we'd love to see them and if you need us reach out to us we've got all kinds of avenues from our website to our phone number to our social media accounts thank you guys again enjoy and we will have another podcast out here probably in the next week or so so make sure you subscribe so that you know when that one comes out have a great day bye-bye